Come with us down the rabbit hole. The names have been changed to protect the innocent. As we explore the odd and esoteric. If my answers frighten you, then you should cease asking scary questions. This is the AU Radio Underground Files. Underground Files. the only podcast where everyone here is considered a person of interest by the FBI. Not for any kind of cool reason, we were just cosplaying as X-Files characters for a convention in D.C., got confused, and tried walking into the J. Edgar Hoover building with fake FBI badges. These are the Underground Files. We'd have gotten away with it, too, if it wasn't for those pesky kids. (laughs) And the armed guards. Well, those guys. (laughs) No, it was mostly the kids. Mostly. Across from me is a man that's kind of like everyone here's dad. If our dad encouraged us to spend our money irresponsibly, was way more into anime than anyone here, and screamed, Hail Satan! in our faces at least once a day, it's Corey. That, that is the, that's like so the most on the nose. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's me. Yep. Hi, everybody. Hail Satan. <laughs> <laughs> to my right is the witch from that one scene in the Monty Python's Holy Grail movie. What they don't show you in the movie is right after King Arthur leaves, she broke through her ropes, turned the entire village populace into newts, and flew away on a broomstick. It's Hannah. Can neither confirm nor deny. Did they get better? They got better. They got better. (laughs) Do you know that? No. Okay. (laughs) That's why she can't confirm nor deny. This man once climbed the tallest mountain in Southeast Asia to speak to an oracle to obtain true enlightenment and find out the secret to happiness. He was immediately horribly disappointed when the oracle told him the sage advice, life ain't nothing but bitches and money. It's Ian at the controls. He gave me a really killer grilled cheese recipe, too. Oh, my God. (laughs) Was it cheese and bread? How'd you know? Oh, man. (laughs) Do you grill it lightly on both sides? Your host for the evening. You guys are enlightened. Your host for the evening is a woman who went on a road trip with me and got us kicked out of every bookstore in the United States by harassing other customers, screaming at them that it's not actually a self-help book if they didn't write it. It's Katie from the podcast. (laughs) That's my favorite. (laughs) This is episode 29, Weird Washington Part 2. Now, now we did say that we were going to... um, Save our Weird Washington episodes for whenever we have kind of a darker serial killer episode. But we all just kind of decided that it was time for one. And we really liked our last one. So we decided to kick it off again. And so I'd actually like to start this episode with an addendum to a story we talked about in the last episode. Okay. So uh, we talked about a a local legend and and something many of us have experienced. Gravity Hill. Outside of Prosser. So, come to find out while doing a little bit of research, not only is Gravity Hill a geological and and physical anomaly, it may be very well haunted as well. What? Because of course it is! While looking into it, apparently, there is a gray barn about 100 yards off the peak of the road, which in the late 60s may have been the home to more than a few rapes and murders. Okay. It appears that several people have reported when their car going uphill in neutral at night, looking in the rearview mirror and seeing the ghosts of a group of teenage girls essentially pushing the car up the hill to make sure you don't meet the same fate they did. Oh my God, that's really sad and dark. So what you're saying is when we take our road trip up there, we have to get there at midnight. Yeah, we gotta go in the, yeah, we gotta go. Or 3 a.m. Yeah. One or the two. Right. 
Uh, see the ghost. <laughs> but uh, apparently, like uh, many people have seen apparitions just crossing the streets. What up there? So uh, you know, it's something to check out. I've never done it at night. I've only been there during the day. So that's so scary. Again, I, I know <coughs> that this is just the horse that I will die on, as everybody loves to say now. I'm just so freaked out by the state, and I'm so freaked out at the apathy that everyone in the state <laughs> seems to have. Yeah, we got this hill where like all these horrible crimes happened, and the ghosts of the poor ladies that were murdered there try to protect us from that house. Well, and I mean, none of you care. Given the situation, that's how I would want it to go. I mean, if you're right? gonna have yeah, dude, ghosts, if you get if you get to... specters, man, at least they're helpful. Specters. Yeah, no, that's not, I'm like, not, dude. We. We were coming back from a Welcome to Nightville thing in in Portland with uh, George and Rachel one night, mm-hmm. and their car broke down, and we were stuck on the side of the road for about five hours. Oh God! In the middle of the night, I'd have loved it if a couple of ghosts showed up and were like, <laughs> "Hey, get in your car. We're gonna push you to the next town." <laughs> Seriously, you shouldn't be out here. It's cold. Like, <laughs> let's. You guys need a push. <laughs> I'm trying not to break into the accent, but do it. No, it's I, I can't overuse it. Do People it. get sick of it. Do it. <laughs> so, the first one, uh, the first one that I really, the first uh, weird Washington story that I really enjoyed is actually one that isn't in uh, Weird Washington, which is our main source for these episodes, which we love dearly. By, by Mark Skewerman and Mark Moran. Yeah, go. Uh, go read that book. It's really interesting. It's got hundreds and hundreds of really cool facts about the state, and it just makes me rip my brain out that people live here and just live their day-to-day lives. Uh, it's but the story that we're going to be talking about today is not the uh, is not from Weird Washington. It is actually from my childhood because I was born in Wenatchee and I spent a good chunk, a few years of my childhood there. We're going to be talking about my own personal experience with weird. Evelyn, quote unquote, crazy Evelyn Juanita Hawkins Gilbert. <laughs> that's a that's a lot of names. Uh, Esquire. That's yeah. <laughs> crazy Evelyn was uh, the town crazy lady of Wenatchee, Washington. Uh, she was born in 1929 and she died in 2006. Um, Evelyn <coughs> was uh, she was the town character. She was the town loon. Uh, she was what was known as eccentric. You could say she would do things like stand on street corners and scream at passersby. Uh, my uncle actually uh, was driving his motorcycle and she was standing at the corner of the intersection he was stopped at. And she screamed that uh, that he was the father of her baby. <laughs> she was in her 70s and he was like 17. He's the father of the baby. That's literally what she would scream at people. Um, <laughs> what if she was just a really confused time traveler? That's what I don't think that I don't think that Evelyn that crazy Evelyn was entirely human. Um, she would bring random people flowers. She would like go into businesses or like see people that she saw on a regular basis and would bring them flowers, and then come back a couple hours later and demand them back so that she could give them to someone else. Well, share a commodity, you know. <laughs> She's like, no, these aren't for you anymore. Yeah, well, it's. You got your time with them. Uh-huh. You got to appreciate their beauty. Now, f- leave it. It's like, it's <laughs> like <laughs> <our> <laughs> banana trophy for our guests. Same deal. Oh my god! 
Um, she would wear all white when she felt like being nice to people that day, and she would wear all black when she felt like she wanted to be mean that day. Well, hey, at least you know. <laughs> she, had, yeah. she had a mood ring clothing. She yes. was like, oh. No, but she was always really well-dressed. She actually uh, came from some money. She always like had like those really nice like Kentucky Derby hats going on. She was always dressed to the nines. She was very well-dressed. But it would all it would be all white when she was going to have a good day and when she felt like being nice and when she felt like she was going to scream at people at intersections, she would, you know, put on all black. I, I, I really want to be that person. Um, <laughs> yes. But I like black clothing way too much. Yeah, and white, you think about white clothing too much and it stains. What if we just get you like a wicked headband or something? Like when you're feeling like all feisty and stuff, you just strap it on. There we go. Yeah. <coughs> Just un- unbutton my shirt cuffs. <laughs> like <Sorry>. Wayne. <laughs> like Wayne. <laughs> Crazy Evelyn would go to anything where free food was provided. Uh, she would go to city hall meetings. She would go to church services and would even attend random weddings and funerals openly just to go eat the free food. Well, sure. Like, <laughs> well, that's a smart thing to Dude, do. This, she sounds awesome to me. She she was fun. She was super fun. She has things figured out, man. Uh, when she passed away in 2006, the actu- the Wenatchee mayor at the time um, actually released a statement said, she ne- quote, she never missed any events, especially those that had buffets with them. Uh, she handed out agendas at the door at our city ha- uh, council meetings, and if you didn't take one, then she when she offered it, she would make a point in her way that you take one. Well, sure. (laughs) I mean, she just sounds a lot like my mom. She just sounds like a very particular lady. Um, Apart from the screaming at people on street corners. She would... There was never a time where she would go to a function and get the free food and would not complain about the food. Like, there was never... There was never... Sorry, your husband is dead and these deviled eggs are trash. (laughs) Just trash. You didn't put enough pickles in them. That's exactly what she would do. Is she like a freeform avant-garde critic of people? <laughs> Dude, she sounds like a performance artist to me. Um, but she loved kids. She loved kids. She was always, uh, she particularly was not a fan of men, but she, lo- and sometimes she was mean to women too, but she loved children. Actually, my uh, she told my mom uh, when my brother and I were very small uh, what gorgeous hair her children had because we were both little redheaded babies. Um, she would bring young girls cosmetics and show them how to properly use them. She was like makeup Santa. Did did she teach you your makeup ways? Shut up. Don't <laughs> talk about it. <laughs> I'd, t- I'd tell you, but I have to kill you. <laughs> you could try. I mean, you could sell your soul for Crazy What's Evelyn. Name? Crazy Evelyn? Uh, Evelyn Juanita Hawkins Gilbert. Esquire the 13th. Esquire the 13th. Um, And after she passed away, her kids came out. And so she passed away in 2006, like I said. But she had uh, she had a few kids. And afterwards, she would. Her kids like told all these amazing stories about her. Um, Apparently, she painted they painted this wonderful picture of things that she did. She she was like she would like rub elbows with Frank Sinatra. And uh, she was like this gambling queen, like her and her sister would go to Vegas like all the time and just like be like girls out on the town. Let's just go to Vegas for the weekend. Uh, She did buying and selling and PR for the top clothing boutiques in Las Vegas. Hmm. Nobody, everybody just knew her as this like very well dressed town grouchy crazy lady and it turns out she was like this big socialite back in the day. (laughs) So my question is what brings a person from something like that like this 
you know, in-depth socialite, you know, mm-hmm. and with their fingers and all different pies around the towns, you know, wh- what takes them from that position to, because we've got a couple folks around town here locally, mm-hmm. not Wenatchee, not, you know, Crazy Evelyn style, but yeah. they're also <coughs> uh, a bit off kilter. Right. From, when I was in high school, there was a lady uh, who would frequent a subway in Kennewick, and she was, like, by all accounts... Just a street lady. Like, push the shopping cart with all her stuff in it everywhere. Yeah. Millionaire. <laughs> was She Why? literally had millions in the bank. Yeah, I remember her. You know who I'm talking I know about. Exactly yeah. Who you're talking about. And it, she, was, she was super sweet. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Little, little kooky, but yeah. super sweet. She was always nice. But, oh, yeah. We were like, she's. Mm-hmm. She bought everybody in the shop sandwiches one day. Yeah, oh I, my God. I actually specifically remember when she, because I think she's passed away now. Yeah. But I remember when she stopped showing up, because I kind of frequented some of the same areas that she would, you know, kind of roam around in. And yeah, it was it was a weird day. Everybody was kind of like, oh. Were you shopping cart buddies? Uh, not with her. There were uh, there was a couple other um, <laughs> shopping cart people. There was one guy that I sat on a bench with for a couple hours and had a very long conversation with, and he was one of the nicest guys I've ever talked to. Uh, it's been. About a decade and a half, so I don't really remember his name, unfortunately. Was it Popeye? He could have. No, no, it was not Popeye. <laughs> okay, it was not him. But Pop, Popeye is another Trace City's local legend. Yeah, yeah. Um, <laughs> but I sat and talked with this guy for a couple hours uh, at the bus stop, and he finally looks, you know, looks at me and he goes, "Oh man, I miss my bus." And I'm Aww. like, "Well, crud, that's my fault because we've been sitting here talking about everything." So I'm like, "Can I give you a ride?" And he's like, "Oh yeah, it's just right up the street." And so I, I gave a guy to a, a, a ride to a. A railroad track. Oh. <laughs> and he's like, this is my stop. And he's like, this Thanks. is my stop right here. And I'm like, oh, okay. It's nice talking to you. And he just kind of sauntered off. You know, it was kind of very David Banner walking along. With the sad music. My, my great aunt, um, she was a, a very lovely woman. Uh, yeah. You know, she was very sweet, very kind, very just, I don't know. She she was kind of like that. She wasn't a socialite, but she was mm-hmm. that kind of person. And uh, when she got older, she got dementia, mm-hmm. and that put her onto that level of town crazy lady. I think, um, which you know yeah. ended up deteriorating further and further. But a lot of the stuff that I hear in that yeah. story is a lot of the stuff that I saw. I think that if you are of a level of upper class. You, to especially when you're like a millionaire and stuff, and it, you you develop a little bit of eccentricity, and like you're already kind of kooky because you have all this money that you don't know what to do with. That combined, whenever you get older and mental illness starts to come into play, this took a dark turn. Yeah. I didn't. Yeah. I didn't think that she was. I didn't. <laughs> what probably happened is she was like a very eccentric socialite woman that just, you know. As you get old, your mind kind of starts to go, and she went a little kooky. What I was saying is I don't think she's entirely human. I think she's either some sort of time traveler or if she was just some sort of fey creature that just was a crotchety old woman that just liked to, you know, give out makeups to the girls. She was Baba Yaga. In the <laughs> mid-'90s, many Tri-Cities residents were passing through, uh, were people passing through the Hanford at Hanford Nuclear Reservation, we're surprised to see a large pinkish red bird in the Hanford Hills. Everyone was like, hey, what the hell is that thing? <laughs> yeah. So a team of biologists went up, found it, 
and we're like, it's a flamingo. <laughs> it was not. Oh, no. It was a radioactive heron. Oh, my God. It was oh nearly God. five feet tall. Oh, God. So this is like the Red Hulk of heron? Yeah, oh, my God. Yeah, essentially. Oh, my God. When they saw it, they are like, oh, that's just a flamingo. And they're like, ah, flamingos don't live up here, Holmes. <laughs> <laughs> its beak is the wrong shape. Yeah. Wait. So we just have, <laughs> it's going to destroy us all. There, there, there were people who continued to argue that it was a flamingo oh and that it had been brought here by a tornado. <laughs> like that it got sucked up and thrown up into the atmosphere. They, they, don't, know how, they don't know how tornadoes work. Also, flamingos have very long, skinny, very hollow bones. It wouldn't have survived getting sucked you up don't into know. a tornado. Also, I love that just the hillbillies of Washington are like, pink bird equals flamingo. I have an eighth grade education. I learned that. I saw one in the zoo once. But either which way, radioactive heron. Just what? thought I'd throw that one out there. It's going to destroy us all. This <laughs> is the most dangerous cryptid in Washington. That would actually be really fascinating if it was brought here by a tornado because one of the only times, being from Kansas originally, I've been through some tornadoes. And I'd never seen a tornado here <coughs> until one day I was coming home from work out at the Hanford yeah. site, and by God, look over, there's a tornado tearing oh, yeah. its way across the, the plane out there, which I've never seen before. See, here's the thing is they show up here, mm-hmm. but they very rarely touch down. Right. Yeah. And I, so let's hearken back to the, the early 2000s. The way, way back machine. Yeah, yeah, Corey in a <laughs> swimming pool in a trailer park in Finley wearing a Limp biscuit shirt. Yeah. Like that guy. Yeah. Right? Swimming in the pool, weather starts to take a dark turn. Uh-huh. I looked up and saw one. Oh, yeah? Oh I saw God. it forming above, and I'm like, I live in a trailer park. <laughs> this this <laughs> is about to go down. I'm going to die. I was terrified, man. <laughs> I'm going to terrified. Pee. I drove to my parents' house and just went down in the basement. <laughs> I'm like, I'm going to hang out here. <laughs> I'm done. <laughs> yep. What? Okay. It's not nearly, I don't understand Tri-Cities specifically in Washington, because when people think Washington, they think the really big uh, uh, Rocky Mountains and the Cascades and lots of forest and there's Seattle right there and everything. Nobody really thinks about this weird little desert in the pocket, on this weird little pocket of It's a continental step. George (laughs) will correct you if you call it a desert. So It's a high desert. I didn't think. It's a continental step. We get too much precipitation to be a desert. Plain and simple. Mm-hmm. Hands down. We get about as much as Lancaster, California. They're a desert. We get more. Well, <laughs> only a little. I'm the weather wars. Enough to make it a continental step. <laughs> I'll I'm fight you for it. cut both of your microphones <laughs> in a second. So, continue, Katie. So, tornadoes are, a thi- are like kind of a thing here, which blows my mind. I don't understand how you're not constantly living in fear. So, I have- We all- are. I've only ever lived in mountainous regions, so I had never seen a tumbleweed before. When because I, I moved here when I was fourteen, <laughs> tumbleweeds are their own form of cryptids. I had the sure. <laughs> never seen a tumbleweed before. I didn't think they were real. You're like, where's that plant going? <laughs> Why is it moving so fast? I, I, I was like. Wait, those are a thing? Because I thought they just made... I don't know why, but you I thought, thought they made them up for Western. <laughs> I thought they just made them up for Western. Katie, you're an idiot. <laughs> <laughs> like, I love you to death, but you're a moron sometimes. I know. 
So, so when I first moved here, I was like, oh, this is sick. This is like a Clint Eastwood movie. And then I live here for a month. I'm like, oh, this sucks. It's hot and everything hurts. Yeah. And then and then you hit a tumbleweed going 60 miles an hour <laughs> on the freeway with your car because there's no other option but to hit that Church. tumbleweed. That old body. And you hope that you live through yeah. it. I love when, I don't love it, but one of my favorite things is watching people struggle because the uh, when the wind hits a certain way, especially uh, in the neighborhood that I grew up in, tumbleweeds would just stack up your front door and oh, would yeah. cover oh, yeah. your entire front door. And my favorite thing was just to drive by and watch people like angrily just throw them because they they hurt. They've got little like like yeah. thistles on them. So everybody's just mad. Like, I hate these stupid things. Nothing. So as bad as hitting one is in your car, it's worse when it shoots up over the hood and gets stuck in your windshield wiper yeah. and just blocks out the windshield. Okay. <laughs> Why is there not, I, like, a task force? I lived in a house right next to the freeway for a while. Oh, God. And, like, the tumbleweeds would blow against the back fence and they would form this little ramp. So tumbleweeds would just do these, like, sick BMX flips <laughs> off the other tumbleweeds and into my backyard. That's actually really cool. <laughs> it sucks, though, because then I had to go get the tumbleweeds out of my yard and haul them all the way around the front of the tumbleweeds house. Tumbleweeds are, like, actually a problem here. They're like the drop bears of Tri-Cities, Washington. Yeah, well, and you mentioned a squad. Uh, again, out on the site, there are people with flamethrowers that that is their That's job. That's literally what I was about to say. I want that job so bad. I want so that bad. job so bad. Let's go apply That's down. That was literally how my dad dealt with them when I was a kid. That would be the most metal job ever. (laughs) Have you ever seen somebody, and I've I've seen this happen one time, and I know it sounds like I'm making this story up, but I saw somebody driving down a highway, and they they hit a tumbleweed, Uh and rather than it going back, you know, exploding and nothing happening, or going back and getting stuck on, like, the windshield wiper, like you said, it went under the car, and then the friction set it on fire. Yep. Yeah. Yeah, oh, I've my seen God. That. Yeah. I've and seen that. Yeah, so suddenly they look like Ghost Rider just suddenly shows up in the car so in front of you. I saw I, that coming back from Ritzville once. Yeah. I got a tumbleweed yeah. stuck under my car once, mm-hmm. and I know that they can catch on fire, so I instantly pulled off to the side of the road, right. and I had to spend 20 minutes <laughs> on the side of the road trying to reach under my car and pull this goddamn tumbleweed out from under my car, and it was all connected and everything. So there were... This episode took a... It's just like... <laughs> Complaining about now what? it's just now we're just bitching about stuff. <laughs> well, no, you guys weird. don't understand. No, but you guys don't understand. People think people outside of where tumbleweeds are think that tumbleweeds are like about the size of a basketball, and a lot of times they are that size. But most of the time, they can get up to like four feet tall. They and can they be as big as a, they can be as big as a person. <laughs> yes, they're. Massive. I've seen tumbleweeds that I could crawl inside of. Yes, so they're and huge. There's, and there's and there's like rodents that live in them and yeah. like, travel. Yes. It's weird. And, and then they group up together and yeah. you get a massive wall of tumbleweed. I hit that 70 miles an hour down 240. It's awful. In we, my Nova. I have to talk about this rodent living in a tumbleweed being transplanted to like it's like exospecies being transported across Dude, the country. Yeah, they just it's hit just, the ride, man. Oh it's my just God. American Tale Five Goes West. No. Yeah. Did that happen there, too? Yes. Yes, <laughs> yes, that actually happened in that movie. No, that's a real thing. It, it's an actual thing that oh, happens. No, no, no. It's just rodent Mad Max. Like, that's how they drive around. <laughs> yes. <laughs> it's just post-apocalyptic. <laughs> and when you get them all connected, it's it's like Gastown oh. or something. Now <laughs> the next time I hit a tumbleweed, I'm going to be really worried. Why? Because I don't want to kill the cute they little field mice. They shouldn't drive around in those things. Yeah. I mean, they shouldn't. It's like, it's like a PT cruiser. Just don't do it. Go the right way on the freeway. <laughs> Obey traffic laws. 
they just crossed the road out of nowhere. Tell me you've got a story on the, somebody's so, got a story on. Oh uh, yeah, yeah. So I've got a uh, uh, two. They're smaller stories than than your guys' I'm sure. But it's a tumbleweed story, yeah. That <laughs> <laughs> made the six o'clock news. Two strange Pacific Northwest cryptids, if you will. Uh, the first one is flying jellyfish. What? Yes. <laughs> what? Um, <laughs> it's it's this phenomenon <laughs> where they they believe that a species of nearly transparent jellyfish float in the upper atmosphere over the Pacific Northwest. Over, over it's like uh, over the Olympic Peninsula. Yeah, it's specifically, specifically the yeah. Olympic Peninsula. Um, they've theorized that uh, these creatures uh, can kind of camouflage themselves a little bit. <laughs> Well, I mean, jellyfish, they're transparent. Are, jellyfish yeah. are already mostly transparent, but everyone's like, well, why haven't we seen more of them? They're well, great on flying they're English very, muffins. They're supposed to be very small. <laughs> they are supposed to be great on flying English muffins. They're supposed to be very small and very transparent. Um, this theory came about because on August 7th, the first time was August 7th, this strange rain fell twice uh, on this village. <laughs> jellyfish poop. On the town of Oakville. In 1994, and it was just these weird small globules that fell from the sky. And when people touched them and yeah. handled them and stuff, they ended up with like burns and stuff on their hands, and they had to go to the hospital and, and all this stuff. It and was raining stingy snot from the sky. That's yeah. vile. <laughs> so, so, how many of you have been stung by a jellyfish? I have not. Okay. I have not. I have. How many of you have been peed on? Okay, <laughs> that's that's an entirely different. You have nope. a child. You have an that's, excuse. This is yeah. a different episode. Okay, <laughs> so I don't want to go down this road so right now. So I like, was <laughs> what I, I felt. I had no opinion about jellyfish until when I was seventeen. I got stung by one, and then I promptly decided I hate them. I hated them, and they were devil creatures. But I don't go to the ocean ever, so I don't ever have to deal with them. Do you mean to tell me that if I live in Washington State, I have to deal with only if you live by the. Olympic Peninsula. You're good on this side of the state. It's too dry There's for them. There's flying jellyfish and no one cares. <laughs> there were a couple factors in the story that I found really fascinating. First of all, when they did the initial analysis of the material, the jelly that fell from the sky, they initially came back and said, no, there's human White blood cells. Yeah, white blood cells. There, there, there's people stuff in here, oh. uh, which gives it a whole other weird twist. Carnivorous. Uh, they, yeah. they later reevaluated that and said, no, there's organic stuff, but it's not. Oh, okay. It's not okay. People goo. Well, okay. Uh, but then, of course, the Air Force came out and was like, no, nah, it's um, it's weather balloons. <laughs> Because it's always weather balloons. But they're trying out a new form of Of biological weather balloons. Stingy slime weather balloons that just happen to be transparent and have tentacles and fly in the air. They don't have tentacles. They're just blobs. No, the stuff that fell from the sky, yeah. Yeah. But I'm I'm like, that's that's falling from the jellyfish. Why does nobody care that there's jellyfish? Dude, it's not that we don't care. It's just we don't care. Because we've got so many other things to (laughs) talk about, Katie, like... The other marine aquatic animal that has found its way to land. Why in are the there sea animals on land? It's not the right. Northwest tree octopus. Everyone, uh, yes, yes, that's one of my favorite <laughs> favorite legends from around here. So much. It's not a legend, Corey. When it's true, well, okay. no, it's not. Anyway, that's, so that is. Let's get some context okay. for the tree octopus. So specifically, the Northwest tree octopus um, is. Like every other octopus, it starts its life in the water as an egg, and it hatches uh, somewhere in Hood Canal or off the Puget Sound, 
roughly that's the area where they think they exist. Right. They leave the water and make their way into the forests of the Olympic Peninsula. It's the Olympic Peninsula all all the time. Oh, uh, and one of my favorite bands lives like out in a like farm yeah. off the grid out there. And and they were talking about having seen them on their property. Yeah, and and so the the theory is that the combination of the moisture in the air <laughs> and how octopus's skin works to absorb the moisture allows them to live out of the water and into these trees. And since octopus can camouflage very very well, they're very hard to spot. Yeah, they're okay. just roaming around the woods eating squirrels, man. Okay. Yeah. I w- okay. 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 So this is literally my worst nightmare ever. Dude, this is, I hate, this, this they, is they real. Only, they only return I to know. the water to breed. Okay, I yeah. hate the ocean. We've had an entire episode about how I, how much I hate <laughs> sea creatures. I think they're the devil. I think they're like little offspring of Lovecraft and friends. friends. I hate the ocean <laughs> so much. I'm so afraid of it. So, But I I can sleep in my bed at night totally fine knowing that those... Creatures can't come on land and come get me. But they can. And then you tell me that that's not the case. They, they, it's the Olympic Peninsula. Just don't move there, Katie, and you're going to be fine. For no, now. Dude. And then we're, they start expanding. We're yeah. going to a Wolves in the Throne Room concert. Like, that's going to happen. Oh and, and they even have a website called Save the Northwest Tree Octopus. Oh now, that's God. a website. <laughs> that's a website. I haven't gotten to visit it. Like I, I scrolled through it, but I didn't have a chance to actually like sit and read it. But I think Ian did. I did. Yeah. No. I, I got kind of mad when I found out that you were also doing the tree octopus because I, I was so really excited. Mad. No. These are my two favorite animal, <laughs> like two favorite aquatic animals, and I was like, yes. I completely understand why because I was as excited for very similar reasons. But when I came across the website, I was actually I was browsing around old um, above top secret forums, which get really weird sometimes yeah, yeah. if you go into the search bar and find the older stories. Yep. So the last story I saw regarding the uh, the tree octopus was back from 2008 or nine, And so I'm thinking, okay, there's a link to this other website here. There's no way this is going to work. It's got to be like a GeoCities sort of thing, and it's completely shut down. No, the website is absolutely still there, and it's you know it's a conservation effort for the tree for, octopus. For the tree octopus. There's okay. pictures. No, okay. They're real, Katie. No, they're not. Okay, before you get go any further on this, I just spent the past twenty minutes looking at pictures of a, of tree octopuses or a tree octopi. Octopi. Octopuses <laughs> is also acceptable if you really want to get dramatic. Katie, Katie, if if you Google tree octopus, you're gonna find a bunch of people putting silly looking octopus toys That's in trees. Literally, all I saw was incredibly blurry, but still did blatantly you, photoshopped did pictures. You, did you specifically try Northwest Tree Octopus? Yeah. I just looked up Tree Octopus, <laughs> and it was all just plastic toys and stuffed animals in trees. Because you can donate to their Save the Tree Octopus Fund. Yeah, you can. Uh-huh. Cascadian Tree Octopus. Exactly. They, one of them literally had buttons for eyes. We already discussed this. It's a weird That's one. the other octopus from the Caroline <laughs> <laughs> universe. I'd kind of like to. Uh, I kind of like to drop into this one real quick. Yeah, Maltby Cemetery, twenty miles east of Seattle. There is said to be a stairway to hell. Yes. Oh my God. According to the legend, there was once a set of thirteen steps in the cemetery leading below ground to an opulent tomb of a local family. Anyone who walked down the stairs and reached the 13th step was said to have been met with a vision of hell so chilling it would drive them insane. I want to go. Doesn't that seem like it would be unique for every person, though? It was, So it was, and what happened to the multiple people that have done it, um, like, apparently several children would go down and then become mute 
They would never speak again. Oh my god! Or they would look down, and the person would just hit the last step and collapse on, and <gasps> just go nuts. And uh, so eventually, the cemetery bulldozed the area, <gasps> but b- like bulldozed it over. <gasps> yeah. So apparently now there's this thing where you know. People like us, fruit baskets, right? Yeah. We're going out with shovels going, <laughs> and sneaking in there at night and trying to dig up where the staircase is. Oh, that's a whole episode. We <laughs> should start a campaign to get that recovered, because I want to see the absolute worst thing that's going to make me finally snap. Look, if Let's I just a, get this over with. If I were in a situation where I had something like that on my hands, let's say like the, the funeral or the, the cemetery owner or whatever right. it was, I would totally put a gift shop over the top of it. Oh, yeah. That would be my job number one. I would also monetize the trips down. Yeah. Like, I'd be like, you have to sign a waiver, and it's $25 for each person that wants to go down. Right. Is this any sort of indicator that we're all... I'm not saying I disagree with you. I think this is a wonderful idea, and I'm willing to invest. But is this some sort of indicator that we're bad people that we're trying How to cash did, in? Are on you just now figuring that out? I just, like, I really? just want, like, at the eighth step, there to be one guy whose job is to be like, you sure? Yeah, <laughs> like, like, like uh, just making sure, we're, making we, sure you're good, bud. We put him in some like bellhop uniform. Kind of no, 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 dude, he's got to be in a tank top and shorts, like he's a uh, water park. <laughs> and he's like, eh. okay, go. What? Okay, go. <laughs> and he's also the guy that when you're on the twelfth step, then you're hesitating. He pushes you. <laughs> oh, that's dicked. <laughs> that's mean. <laughs> that could be that. I like that one actually. <laughs> so, what would it take for us to? Go. Well, I don't. We're going to be in that neck of the woods this weekend. Hey, so for <laughs> those of you that don't already know, we uh, posted it on our Instagram story, but uh, we'll we'll be posting this uh, on time. But we're actually recording this a couple days early because Corey and I are actually going to be out of town. We're going to go to Crypticon. Crypticon. Crypticon over in Seattle. So for those of you that aren't going to, uh, for those for those of you that aren't going to Crypticon, for those of you that are going to Crypticon Seattle this week, come uh, find the heavy metal Santa Claus and the tiny screaming ginger lady, and you will be talking to people from Underground Files, and you can yell at us about how the oct- the tree octopus is real. Are you guys taking uh, buttons or swag of any sort? Ooh. Corey. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I'm taking right. everything. Fantastic. Yeah. You want some AU radio swag or underground file swag? Come and talk to us. <laughs> so, so, how far down was this step? You said it was the 13th, 13th step. Would that be about 15 feet, you'd say, maybe? Roundabout. Okay. So, something that they found here, and this is not a this is not a cryptid, but it's an animal unique to our state that burrows down to about 15 feet at the, the max depth, and it's so rare that it was considered a cryptid for a long time, but it's the giant Palouse earthworm, <gasps> which was originally found around Palouse Falls, which is another point of contention from our previous episode. Uh, but these earthworms are giant. Like, we're talking three and a half feet long. They can dig down super deep. One of the unique properties, though, when they were initially documented back in the 1890s, was that when you hold them, they smell like lilies, and they spit on you. Well, of course. Of course. Which sounds delightful, but they were thought to be extinct <laughs> or gone. Yes, of course it does. It's flowery and slimy. It's a worm. What do you want? Uh, they, they were completely absent from the record until 2009 and 2012. There was an expedition launched in 2009 to find them because <coughs> they'd been documented historically, but nobody would seen one since. Uh, and then in 2012, they actually found living specimens in uh, Moscow, Idaho, which is just across the border from us nice. here. So we do still have creatures around the area and circumstances that are just unexplained. So, Dude. so let me let me pop, 
posit this real quick. You walk down the steps. Okay. You get to the 13th step. <laughs> the smell of lilies fills the air oh, no. in a crypt. <gasps> oh, my God. And from this crypt where these dead bodies are, just these giant fucking worms start coming out of nowhere, and it drives <laughs> and you mad. And just speaking, like, unintelligible language. They don't even like have that. to. They, they yeah. Just, yeah. <laughs> like that, Katie. Exactly. Shut up. I had a stutter as a kid. Leave me alone. So... <laughs> and you've got an excuse for everything and, and so you've gone down into this crypt expecting to see a vision of hell and this is what you see and it just messes you up that actually was going to be my next question so do you think we were talking about how it's different for everybody do we really want to get I mean how far down the rabbit hole do we want to go do we want to start talking about what our personal hells would be not in this episode no. Come we've, on. Al- we've but, already dived into personal stuff but I, times. I, I do know <laughs> that you had um, a story about a portal to hell I did. Nature um, trail to hell in 3D. <laughs> <laughs> so I am convinced that Gonzaga University in Spokane, Washington, is a portal to hell. As somebody who lived next to Gonzaga University for a really long time, can confirm. Can confirm. That's why they have such a good basketball team. Yeah. So Gon- for those of you that didn't know this, actually, Gonzaga University was named after St. I'm going to butcher this. Aloysius Gonzaga. A Renaissance student who died of the plague. Don't church it up. His name was Aloysius. Aloysius. <laughs> <laughs> it does look like Aloysius. Is that it? The entire university is named after a kid that died from the plague. So, so is it a portal to hell, or did he just curse the school? No, 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 no. There, there's a whole bunch of stuff that's right, going on. I don't know go. exactly what the origin of it is, but there's like some weird like beating heart that's connect, uh, like in the basement that's connected to every room in the university. Is cursing something? Distinct or uh, exclusive from also being a portal to hell? Can't you curse something and create a portal to hell with that curse? Absolutely. Yeah, Yeah, totally. So um, we actually talked about Gonzaga University a little bit last week uh, with Joy, whom we missed terribly. Um, So uh, we talked about the mad doctor, Dr. Han, that we're going to absolutely do an episode on sometime soon. Uh, The guy we spoke of in our last episode donated all of his creepy illegal medical equipment to Gonzaga, and it is still there. So there's just all kinds of kinds of weird like old timey like, like medical the glass cases and the the uh, house on haunted hill. Yes, all of his surgical <laughs> equipment, all of his medical yeah. equipment is just sitting there. So cool. So the creepiest <laughs> the creepiest place of all in Gonzaga Uni- University is Monaghan Hall. A mansion on Gonzaga campus, and in 1974, when the hauntings began, it was the music department building. And that's when the hauntings. So began. keep in mind when this came, when this started, because this was in 1974, and what came out two years before? The Exorcist. Exactly. So after The Exorcist came out, the nation was kind of... So this is where my inner skeptic comes in a little bit. After The Exorcist came out, the nation was gripped with what was known as the Satanic Panic, where everyone thought the devil was everywhere. And he is. He totally is. They're not wrong. Hail Satan. Hail Satan. And (laughs) Spokane was no different, Uh, especially Gonzaga University. These may be legit hauntings (coughs) and paranormal events, but we have to keep in mind the mindset of religious people people in the time period because their Gonzaga University and Monaghan Hall very may very well be haunted and there is evidence to that but keep in mind this this is a private Catholic school that was very hyped up about the devil it's the devil it's the devil I fully maintain in cases like this and pretty much all hauntings that they're actually psychic psychic or psychological manifestations 
from the subconscious of the people experiencing the hauntings. So, but do you connect that with residual energies? Uh, well, I mean, everything. It, from my perspective, everything winds up being energy, including thought form. You know, you can mm -hmm. manifest things with your mind if you try hard enough and you <coughs> believe in it. And I know that sounds kind of hokey, but... Well, no, no I mean, you're right. there's so much of the human brain and the human consciousness that we don't, right. absolutely don't grasp. So, well, And I think given the right circumstances, that can wind up being a breeding ground for the things that we consider to be the demonic or the hellish, where it's just kind of un, uncontrolled or untethered. Yeah. Just yeah. psychic energy. That actually would make sense because in 1974 in the Monaghan Hall building, uh, there were reports of pipe organs playing with no one playing them, uh, disembodied growling animal noises, broken instruments. They walked into a room where there was an empty cello, or there was an empty cello, just a lonely cello sitting there by itself, and then they left and came back in the room and the strings were broken. It really sounds like they just have Kincaid running around. <laughs> uh, there were, I was just going to say, there's just a homeless guy sleeping in the walls. Like. <laughs> there was a, oh, that was a sad episode of Supernatural. Um, there were security guards uh, being just petrified with fear and uh, feeling the experience of being strangled. There uh, was There was actually a security guard that was attacked by a portable blackboard, so it was on wheels, and it just like ran up to him and pushed him against the See, wall. See, if that that speaks that that to me is like senior prank. I think that <laughs> like, I think the blackboard. It's from what it sounds, the blackboard was really just kind of trying to make out with him. Like it was just like because it, it was just Cassandra from Doctor <laughs> Who moisturized me. It really because it just kind of gently pushed him so up against the wall, and so that leads to uh, Walter Leedale. Okay, who performed exorcisms at Gonzaga? Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> that yeah, that was a thing at Gonzaga, and anybody that tries to tell you different, they're lying. So. So were these sanctioned exorcisms? Or? Yes, there oh. was, it's a Catholic university. Yeah, several, oh, okay. yes, several exorcisms were done <laughs> on the mansion. Uh, apparently, it didn't work. It's still super haunted. Dang it! They're not Catholic ghosts. That's why. <laughs> oh, respect their authority. Interesting. So, uh, they're like, you have no power here, church man. <laughs> apart from uh, that that it's just totally haunted. They're just kind of weird, kooky people. They have a food version of Movie Pass. Yep. Most colleges do. What? Yeah, most colleges do. No. Yeah. yeah. It's Movie Pass, but for food, but it works. I don't have that sound, but I'm sorry. <sighs> you you get disappointed. I like that you were like, ah! And then we're like, yeah. And yeah. you're like, oh. No, that's what. That's just my entire point. That's my entire point. All of you, for I don't understand you, Washington people. Almost so, all colleges have something like that. I didn't like know that. that that was a thing. Go to college, Katie. <laughs> I'm trying. <laughs> you suck, Hannah. Did you know that the uh, the original name for the city of Auburn was Slaughter, Washington? Yeah. Oh, why'd they change yeah. it? Oh, business. They wanted to be more like California? In those days, there was a wealthy landowner that sold the property that came to form the major part of town. According to legend, his ghost can be seen stalking up and down the streets to this day. He angrily walks through walls and jumps out and scares people. Here's the thing. He doesn't have a face. Ooh. He is the faceless man of Slaughter, Washington. And, no. he, and he just Wait. pops out and scares the crap out of people. Oh, now, I like him. I'm trying to interpret this. When you say faceless, does that mean... Because it can mean a couple different things. It means either it's smooth skin, 
Just no yeah. features, right? Right. Or there's like a yawning chasm, a black. I, I like to no, think it's, it's the it's, yawning chasm, but no. It, if the reports are that it's the uh, the the it's just Slenderman, Slenderman esque. Oh, okay. Right. Okay. Yeah. okay. You know, just a, a white visage, but he he very like he'll jump out and scare people, and then go through a wall, like just. What is the motivation? Why he's mad. He's mad that they changed the name of the town and used his property to turn it into a town. Oh, what did they want? What did he want it to be used for? Uh, that is unclear. He probably <laughs> just wanted it to be his forever, forever and ever and ever and ever and ever. <laughs> so the faceless man of slaughter, Washington. Uh, that's I, I might I might want to take a stroll through Auburn late that's one night. I think we the should. Most ter- I want to go there just because it used to be named Slaughter Washington. When, that's when the most metal thing. When he and scares us, can we be like high five and, and like see how that? <laughs> hey hey hey! Can we get a photo? Can we get a photo? Man? We love you. <laughs> we love you. We're such big fans. They should have never change the name. Slaughter is so much cooler. <laughs> so I want to throw this out real fast here because I feel like this crew would be fully down for <laughs> this. There are a number of ghost towns in this state. Yeah, let's do it. Oh, yeah. Okay, good. Well, right. On board, 100%. Right, let's go. fantastic. The <laughs> amount of ghost towns in this state is ridiculous. Yeah, no, well, I, the last time I tried, because I've, I've done a couple of them in town, or not in town, in state, <clears throat> and I tried to hit uh, Leicester, which is kind of on the way up to Seattle, mm-hmm. uh, but I made the mistake of doing it in March, not considering that the elevation changes and the snowmobile trails were still completely active, so I could oh, not no. actually get I to think, Leicester. I think we should do, like, this summer. We should mm-hmm. just yeah. take a couple weekends and, like... We still go need to around. ghost towns. We still need to go to the baby graves over in Prosser. Mm-hmm. That'll be. Super I thought you did when they donuts. No, there. I want to bring the show. <laughs> yeah, oh, actually, yeah. There. Although that's they've they've done a lot of work over there as far it's, as it's the it's they renovated it. It yeah. looks really nice now. They actually have hours of operation where you can visit, so you're not just trespassing. Follow the law, kids. That takes. I can show you guys where the thousand steps are in Spokane. We can't use them because the cemetery doesn't let you, but I can show you where they We're are. We're really Ooh, excited fantastic. to start doing some live shows <laughs> outside of Tri-Cities. Maybe That'll we could do fun. something like what with the baby graves where, you know, you just trespass long enough, eventually it becomes legal to do. <laughs> <laughs> like, look, we're not going to have people... High school here. kids in Spokane have been trying it for years. The cemetery just got really angry at them. They're just not trying hard <laughs> enough. They're I just think. not trying hard enough. You guys know what most high schoolers are? <gasps> Dicks. <laughs> yeah. Yes. Also that. It's time for the reptilian report, everybody. The segment of the show where I out a lizard person and tell you why I think there's they're a lizard person. I know I talked about some a woman who tried desperately to be a pop star last episode, but we're actually gonna talk about a legit pop star this episode. We're gonna be talking about little Miss Demi Lovato. Demi Lovato. I don't know who that is. Demi Lovato is a... <laughs> I, I have only a passing knowledge. ...is a famous pop star. Uh, she was born... Not uh, that famous. You say so. <laughs> hey, she's she's one... I don't know. She's whatever. She's a pop star. Um, she was born Demetria Devon Lovato. She is a pop star. She's a mouseketeer. She's a former Disney star. She toured with, like, the... She, oh, she was big at the same time as, you, like, the Jonas Brothers were. You had me at mouseketeer. Right, yeah. Every single one of them. Yes, that's what I'm saying. <laughs> she was either assimilated at Disney because she was a Mouseketeer, she was a Disney star, or from a much younger age since her mother was a Dallas Cowboys cheerleader, which is riddled with lizard people. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yep. Um, she punched her backup dancer in the face. <laughs> awesome. <laughs> uh, reptilian predatory instincts. Um, so... <laughs> I just want to say they're in the news. She's kind of had some problems with like drug use and like bullying and everything. And that's not what we're going to talk about today. All right. Uh, but she did t- 
totally punch a backup dancer in the face. To which she's like, I don't remember why I punched my backup dancer in the face, but I did. She had it coming. Because she's a reptilian, and (laughs) she just went... (laughs) So she makes fun of fans' uh, fan art and reported that she makes fun... uh, She just makes fun of her fans. So fans will send her like these actually beautifully done pictures. They're like, I'm such a big fan of you. I drew you. And she's like, that's really bad. That doesn't look like me. Like, openly, we'll just tell them. She sounds like an awful turd. Reptilians are jerks most of the time. Eh, this is mm, bad. She sounds like a jerk even for a reptilian. Right. Yeah. Um, on Late Night with Seth Meyers, uh, she openly told the world that she not only believes mermaid, mermaids exist. Well, so do I. But thinks that mermaids are an aquatic alien race po- that populated Atlantis. Okay. I mean, I got no beef with that. So, <laughs> I think... That. I think... She was instructed to do this to drip feed the existence of aliens to the masses to gauge our reactions for when the big day comes and they officially reveal their scaly selves. Okay. Okay. Yeah. Sure. <laughs> I'm down with this. I don't know who she is, but sure. She's, she's she maybe, sounds like a lizard yeah. person. She's a bad person. She sounds like a bad person. Yeah. Who, she sound- whoever you are, <laughs> you're a reptile. <laughs> she has tried to start beef with known lizard people like Taylor Swift, Nicki Minaj, and Mar- Mariah Carey, which further illustrates my theory about... Nicki Minaj is not a reptilian. Nicki Minaj is absolutely a reptilian. We're going to have to do battle over this. Okay. <gasps> that the, woman is a mammal. A reptilian <laughs> report battle royale? Yeah. I think that should be a very special episode. I like I'm, it. I'm into it. That can uh, be one of our bonus episodes. Yes. Uh, so, which... Which illustrates my theory about her trying to claw her way to the top of our of uh, the pop star lizard person pile. So, so here's here's the thing. Say that ten times fast. <laughs> the pop, pop star, star lizard. lizard. I don't remember what it was actually. <laughs> at the <laughs> at the end of the day, what you're getting at is over and over and over. We've covered lots of musicians as far mm-hmm. as reptilians. Reptilians, like. Are are only able to make bad music, is that right? Yes. Okay. Yeah. Yes, she's I terrible. Just, none they, of them. They none don't th- understand human culture enough yet to make good music. But they don't make. even make good space music. That's what's irritating. <laughs> I mean, maybe maybe their music is really good where they come from. Then oh. I don't want to go there, and we don't need them here. I agree. That's no good. <laughs> we don't take. Get that. the hell out of here. <laughs> You got some news for me, Corey? I got a wee bit of news. Oh, I wanted to start with a with one that I shared on the uh, thread yesterday. Oh yeah! <laughs> oh yeah! This <laughs> tremendous story that is so amazingly allegorical for society. A rat in India made his way into an ATM machine, <laughs> ate eighteen thousand dollars worth of money, and died. <laughs> Good for him. But he chewed up all the money in the ATM, <laughs> ate until his little belly couldn't take any more, and died stuffed full of rat cash. I feel like that is just an <laughs> allegory on capitalism. Is, <laughs> dude, oh like, my god! Like, right? I I read this story and I was like, this cannot be real. He's a performance real. artist. He died for his art. Oh my god, dude! I think he worked for Willard. Do you think it just? <laughs> No? Okay. No, I'm with you. <laughs> I just can't stand dropping Crispin Glover. I well, just can't do it. While he- we're over in India, uh, the Indian army, trudging through the Himalayas, found Yeti tracks. Yeah, they did! What? Yep, this is just a couple of days ago. Uh, the Indian army announced 
oh. that they came across Yeti tracks. Really? Like in oh, a public no. statement. It says that one of their mountaineering teams stumbled across the footprints that were created by the Yeti. Uh, they even tweeted it out as it crossed over. You can kind of see. Oh, nice. Oh, my God. That... <laughs> That's exciting. Do you guys for, understand? Oh, go ahead. For the first time, the Indian Army Mountaineering Expedition team has sighted mysterious footprints of the mythical beast, the Yeti. The tweet goes on to note that the prints appeared in measuring whopping 32 by 15 inches. Oof. That's a big Yeti. Yeah. Oh, oh my. Oh, jeez. <laughs> oh. I like it that we're seeing an actual acknowledgement. See, those are my favorite moments. Yes. When you get the governments yeah. to come out yes. and say. Yes, that's... What I'm freaking out about. This is the second time that I've ever seen where an actual legitimate government of an entire region or state or country or anything has acknowledged the existence of Bigfoot or Yeti or Sasquatch right. or anything. The first one that I was ever aware of is Washington State says it's illegal to kill a Bigfoot. Mm-hmm. Yep. Well, it's, I mean, it's always an event when anybody in that sort of organization comes out and officially recognizes something that is not... Uh, scientifically established or you know confirmed by third party proof. Uh, another story that came out this week that Derek actually supplied to the uh, the group. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. The uh, the spy belugas. Yep. Yeah. Oh, that one was rad. Friggin' sharks with friggin' laser beams. <laughs> <laughs> Except they're just belugas with spy equipment. This was yeah. one. Of, this was baby beluga. <laughs> when I first started getting into conspiracy theories, this was. The uh, the Jewish mind controlled sharks yeah was my favorite one for such a long time and now it's coming to fruition and I love it. Well, yeah. So I guess the what Norwegian government came across some belugas. Uh, some Norwegian fishermen oh, Norwegian. found okay, right? And and they were strapped up with with spy equipment. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but they said bel- property of like, <laughs> Moscow or whatever. Well, it it was written in Russian there you go. on the side of it, and uh, <laughs> they believe that. that they may be trying to weaponize beluga whales. So, so Lugas, out of all of them. So, question. That's going to send the caviar market just Did they find them in the ocean, like, outside of Norway, or were they just in the ocean where Finland is supposedly, (gasps) and they're just spying on the other countries there? Finnish border control. Obviously. Obviously. I mean, there's no other explanation for it. Obviously. One more side story I've got today. Uh, The Apollo 10 lunar module... Has been found. <gasps> uh, it took a, a, a team trying to find it, uh, but it appears that they finally found it after 50 years. Uh, and uh, the team hopes an expert, perhaps Elon Musk, will be able to bring it back. <gasps> oh, the, gosh. The Where'd they find it? From the moon. From the moon. Oh, yeah. sweet. Sweet. Oh, that'll be so cool. How did they lose it? The moon's a pretty. <laughs> the moon's a pretty big place. There's a lot of craters it can hide in. Okay, it's a, it's a fairly small. Because all those lunar storms that happen. You know. Yeah. yeah sure. Wait. Or, you know, <laughs> uh, uh, it's over there. It was dark. I uh, I want. Dude, I I've lost my car in this parking lot. <laughs> so you know what? Take your judgment and shove it up your butt. <laughs> NASA is, people that work at NASA aren't better than anybody. All right. 
just calm down. They lose stuff like everybody else. <laughs> that's that's <laughs> like as far everything. as I can go, but I think I'm going to kick it over to Death Day. <gasps> death Day. Before you start Death Days, I just I just <laughs> wanted to issue a public apology that I just went right on with my outro before because I completely forgot that you had Death Days because it's a relatively new segment. I apologize. I'm a terrible producer. Oh, last week? Yeah, that's okay. It was just John Wilkes Booth last week. So. <laughs> <laughs> it's fine, Katie. You're garbage. <laughs> Terrible. <laughs> All right. So death days today in history. Uh, I have uh, three people of relative notoriety. The first is Paul uh, Poirier. He was a French courtier, and he was the designer of the most fashionable dress in pre-World War I fashion. Okay, okay. I don't know why I thought that was interesting, but it well, did. Well, no, it, it, it is it's, interesting. It's really cool. He the, died in uh, 1944 at the age of 65. Was that on his epitaph that it was the most fashionable dress? I hope so. How do you get that? <laughs> <laughs> I hope that it was It was him, him and the guy who dressed, who designed the fanciest pants. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I hope, did he get buried in the dress? I hope so. <gasps> I really hope so. I just wanted to be the dress that Kaylee bought on Firefly. <laughs> Yes. It's the pink daffodil thing. <laughs> My next uh, person is Johann Tezerkles, Count of Tilly of the Holy Roman Field. He was a Holy Roman Field Marshal who commanded the Catholic League's forces in the Thirty Years' War. This guy. How long did that take? I mean, about a day and a half. About, about a day and a half. <laughs> this guy was. Get the pen ready. An absolute badass. Um, he had some of the best victories throughout the course of the war that led to some of the most demoralization of the enemy forces. <laughs> um, he survived almost the entire 40 or 30 years war. Sorry. Uh, he died in night or 1632 at the age of 73. Wow. After being wounded by a cannonball and dying of tetanus. Why? Why? <laughs> 73 years old. Dude, I can just see him watching the cannonball like, I got this. <laughs> <laughs> like, like he was still in the field fighting at 73 but in 1632. What up? Nobody lived that long. And dude, this guy did. Beast. People are like, he's immortal. And by the time he's by the time his sec, uh, 72nd birthday rolls around, he's like, can I not die? I'm in I the might. war right now. Yeah, so then he just jumps out in front of a cannonball <laughs> yeah. like, I got this. My final two people died on the same day in 1945 in true Underground Files fashion, allegedly. <laughs> allegedly. 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 I know what you're about to say. It was the day that Adolf Hitler and Eva Braun committed suicide and ended World War II. Allegedly. 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 Unless you talk to people in Argentina. They they laugh at you when they <laughs> when they openly laugh in your face when you say that Hitler died in 1945. They're like, I saw him here in 1948. He was eating guinea pig. He's eating, fine. It's fine. <laughs> it's fine. He was eating some sausage. It's oh, fine. That's Peru. Sausage. Screwed that up. <laughs> this just in: Hitler ate dog treats. <laughs> Those are my death days today in history. That should be our first bumper sticker. <laughs> this just in: Hitler ate dog treats. I like it. And now to Tim with the weather. <laughs> and on that note, guys, I think that about wraps it up. Thank you, gentlemen and lady, for joining me. And thank you, listeners. Join us next week when we figure out which one of us has a food allergy and use it 
and use the Princess Bride approach to cure it by making the person in question in just small amounts of it over an extended period of time to develop to develop an immunity and then take them to the emergency when it eventually goes horribly wrong. Who's allergic to Iocane peanuts? <laughs> <laughs> Next week on the Underground Files. <laughs>